It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. Our guest today on California Wine Country with Dan Berger, of course, brought to you by Bottle Barn, is the return of our good friend Clark Smith from Wine Smith Wines. Dude, you are you're a busy little wine beaver today. <laughs> Yeah, that's generally the way it is. It's not even crush. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Clark and everything else in just a moment. Let's begin with Dan Berger. Uh, you brought, as you often do, a uh, wine from your cellar that's yeah. probably been aged since the 1880s. That's correct. <laughs> so this is a 2004 uh, Peter Lehman, uh, Australian... Oh, yeah. uh, Shiraz Cabernet Sauvignon from 2004. It's a it's a 17-year-old wine. It's a little on the old side. It's got a little of that still that, all? that leathery component to it. Um, but I kind of like it. It's a little bit plummy, a little bit rich. And um, just I didn't realize I had still I still had a bottle of this left in the cellar. So I was poking around the bottom of the cellar, found it, and it's it's all right. It's pretty tasty. It's not not, not terrible. I didn't have to spit it out, but I'm not a big fan. It's pa- it's past its prime. Seventeen years, Harry. And you were telling me that this at the time was priced at what? It was eight dollars. <laughs> Australian, <laughs> yeah, Australian dollars. Yeah. And, and most people wouldn't lay down an eight dollar wine. Well, I didn't intend to. I was, <laughs> but, lost it, but it was sitting around the cellar, and I forgot about it. So. <laughs> Seventeen years. You had high hopes because of the vintage, right? It was yes, absolutely, Harry, and you're correct. It was a very, very cold year, and I was hoping that the coldness would have kept the wine in better shape. It's it's still in pretty decent shape. Clark, okay. did you taste it? No, I haven't had it yet. Here, try it. Okay, you, it's it's satisfactory. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a okay. On the brown side. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little brown. Yeah. I'm pouring it in my dump bucket. That sounds good to me. <laughs> we're starting low, but yeah. we're working our I way don't know. up. I I kind of like it. It smells like chocolate, and yeah. then it tastes like cherries. <laughs> and uh, it, it in the finish, it's quite bitter. Considering 17 years, it could be a lot worse. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. true. Although you know. A couple of weeks ago, we had the 68, 69, and 70 BV private reserve. And the 69 wasn't ready yet. <laughs> it wasn't ready to drink. <laughs> they were so in great yeah, shape, true. and the 69 needs another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, explain Winesmith Wines. Clark Smith is with us. Explain again exactly what it is you do, and then we'll try and figure out what the hell you've poured because i'm uh-huh well i have a little tiny winery called winesmith you know our headquarters are right downtown uh go out the back door of the russian river brew pub and stumble about a block and there i am and uh i do experimental wines i love uh european wines which aren't as as raisiny and lower alcohol and just balanced wines at age a long time yeah and uh and so i call those eurocentric Wines and uh, and if you look on my website, it says I make uh, Eurocentric forgeries and other oddities. <laughs> so I like to experiment with crazy grapes like Norton, which is a Native American grape. We have the only one in California, although there's about 500 of them in the Midwest. And uh, you know, Saint Laurent and Tenat and crazy stuff like that. And tonight we're going to be tasting my Cabernet Franc, which is really what I'm known for. 
And by the way, I just got it in the bottle barn, and and they'll he's going to charge less than I do. So, <laughs> well, they always do at bottle yeah, barn. So that's that's kind of what I'm up to on my own, and I have about 120 wineries that I uh, coach uh, all over the country, really right. all over the world, and uh, and then I wrote postmodern winemaking, which was kind of all oh, what I wish they told me at Davis. And, of course, right now, our latest project is this uh, practical guide to pairing wine and music that I wrote with Dwight right. Furrow. We're going to experiment. With Which we, I just love that. Explain <laughs> that further, because when you just say that phrase, people go, what the hell is he talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is uh, I claim that wines are like music, that they are liquid music. And what I mean by that is that they can carry emotion. You know, everybody knows how to pick out a happy song, a sad song. Well, wines are happy and sad, too. And I'm, it, the best illustration I can come up with is, is if you want to make a Cabernet Sauvignon taste terrible, play a polka. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody understands that. Because Cabernets are they're dour. You know, they're dark and angry and they're in a foul mood. And if you, you play happy music around them, they just taste awful. But, but, but we'll do some, we'll, we'll play some stuff like The Doors, and that'll make them taste real sweet and rounded. And very interesting. How did you folks come up with this thought? Well, it wasn't this me. Idea. It was a guy named Don Blackburn who was a real genius, educated in France, and he he didn't like the aroma wheel. He didn't like the Davis teaching of kind of pulling a wine to pieces and examining the pieces. He thought you needed to look at the whole wine. And they would say, well, you can't get good statistics if you do that. And he says, well, yes, you can. You just have to know, you have to apply your brain and, and be a good experimenter. So he did this experiment. It was about 100 of us, from the Glenellan staff, out in the woods, you know, thinking deep thoughts and pressing envelopes and stuff. So Don comes up, and he plays, he, he gives us these three wines, uh, a, a Nouveau Beaujolais, like George DeBuff or something, and, uh, and, a, and a, a, a Pinot Noir from Burgundy, and, uh, and a Big Bad Cabernet. And he played three pieces of music, a Mozart a divertimento, just light, frilly piece, and then a Franz Liszt thing with a lot of violas and French horns, and then Carmina Burana, which is this big, you know, <laughs> you know, it kind of conjures up being dragged through hell and beaten with chains. And uh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And then he asked us to match them up. Now, statistically, there are six ways to do that, to pair three wines with three pieces of music. So, so it should have been, if it was random, there'd be like 16% in each of six boxes. But we actually got 86% in one of these boxes, where they put the light, frilly music with the silly little, you know, the Beaujolais, and, uh, and, and, the, and the Carmina Burana with the, with the Cabernet. Well, you could do that kind of intellectually. Maybe people understand what I'm talking about. But the weird thing was, he says, okay, don't believe me? I'm going to play Carmina Burana, and you taste the Beaujolais. And it made it taste absolutely horrible. (laughs) And then he played the Divertimento with the Cabernet, and it made it taste absolutely horrible. And that's the thing that blew me away. I just love that. Yeah. (laughs) And, And, you know, what it means is that uh, I mean, this guide, we have uh, uh, some outrageous claims, and the most important one is that we'll 
teach you how to enhance the experience of every wine you drink for the rest of your life. And you'll never look at wine the same way again. And what's the website to learn more about this? Pairingwineandmusic.com. Yeah, pairingwineandmusic.com. And, and better yet, you don't even have to blow the 999. You can go right to the playlists that we've put in there, and there's some, you know, it takes you to Spotify, and you get these free downloads of playlists. So if you just want to drink a bottle of Cabernet, we got 18 songs on there, and you just download them, turn on your iPhone, and and have a nice day. What? I don't know what we're tasting. You've poured a lot of uh, tastes. We're going to do a little little experiment. So how do we know which one's what? Well, uh, I can tell you what they are. Uh, the, the first one is the Glen Ellen Chardonnay. That was, at one time, the largest selling Chardonnay in the world, and I was working for those guys when we did all this. And I've always loved Glen Ellen Chardonnay. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, in France, you'd call it a Macon style. There's no oak, and it sort of smells like golden, delicious apples. And it's It fruity. does, and there's certainly no oak here, Dan. No. Right. A L- little bit of sugar. Um, and and it has hard tannin because they have to press the snot out of the stuff. To, you know, it's it's five ninety nine. So. <laughs> and I love using the word snot when we're talking about tasting wine. Can I say that on the radio? What, yes, you can. <laughs> what should we? What music should we play with this? Well, let me describe the other wine, and then I'll get to that. Okay, because okay. I need Mike to. He's got to find the songs because yeah. we're going to do that on the show today. I know. I know. Music and and I've wine. got them all queued up on my phone. Mike and I have got a Vulcan mind melt happening here. So. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, uh, the second wine is your your typical California oaky toasty butter bomb. It's from Carmenet. And as you can see, it's very buttery, very oaky. It's got a little too much alcohol. And if you look really hard, somewhere in that wine there are pineapples. But they're kind of hidden underneath all of this embellishment. Um, and so... It yeah, there's a lot going on in this wine. Yes, it's very rich. So that's the first wine is what we call the yummy style, and this is like the wow style. <laughs> sort of the, the, the difference between a Disney comedy and an action-adventure film. Uh, so <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, so we can play. We're going to play with all your heads here, and uh, do you want do you want to just do it now? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by giving you something. Uh, which one do you like better, Steve? Uh, actually, the second one because there's so much going on, and it. it I thought that the was other, your style. The first one was a tad boring but delicious. Okay, good. Let me see if I can change your opinion. <laughs> all right. So we're talking about this. Second shard. It's Carmenet. C-A-R-M-E-N-E-T. Well, you're both of them. Okay. Oh, oh, wait a minute. We've never plugged in on the wine show before. We're plugged in today. <laughs> okay, this is going to take me a second. So. All right. It's uh, winesmithwines.com. Check out Clark Smith and everything he does. He's been uh, making and selling wine in California since 1972. And this whole thing about... The music and wine pairing is just, it blows me away, Harry. Can we get, well, I don't have any of the wines. I'm still choking down the vinaigrette Dan brought in to open the show with. <laughs> so could I get a good wine, please? It's not my fault you forgot the salad. <laughs> now, that's the first one, right? This is the first one. We'll get him the second well, one, because that's the get, one we're talking let about. Let me have that bottle so Dan can talk about this wine. You want, you want to give them both of them? Yeah. All right. 
But start with this one, Dave. All right. Well, the Glen Ellen is is widely available. California Chardonnay, 2018. It says reserve on the label. I would ignore that label. Uh, then the second one is the California Chardonnay t- 2017 from Carmen A. I love that one. And that, I and like the and Glen that's, Allen, and that's, too. That's a really that's a, intended to be a bigger, richer, oilier style of wine with buttery character. Yeah. And that's fine. If you like the Carmen A style, you're going to like the wine as it stands by itself. I think the Glen Ellen is better oriented toward food. Food. I would agree completely. I find the first one a really tasty, but mild. Yeah. Chardonnay. Yeah. yeah. It's just I, a little boring to me. I love it, but it's a little boring to me after you taste the second well, one. Well, you want food with the first one. Yes. Yeah. It is California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest today, Clark Smith from Winesmith Wines, winesmithwines.com. And again, the website for the music. Pairingwineandmusic.com, and there's a playlist there. There are three different kinds of Chardonnay playlists there. And uh, for the, this is, like I said, a Macon style, and then we're going to do the buttery Chardonnay style, and then we're going to, well, we won't do it today, but there's another one for our Chablis style. All right, so the Macon style yeah. is the Glen Ellen? Yes, yeah, the yummy, yeah. fruity one. Uh-huh. All right. And no oak. Here's the music you should pair with this Glen Ellen Chard. Okay, why that Beach Boys tune with that Glen Ellen Shard? This is all wrong for the buttery style. I'm simply pairing a happy-go-lucky wine with a happy-go-lucky song. All right. Simple as that. So now let's do something. I still with think it's insane, but I love it. <laughs> now I'm going to make that other one. I'm going to make okay. you hate the first one and love the second one. So uh, go over to the buttery Chardonnay playlist and find Ella Fitzgerald St. Louis Woman in there. <laughs> This is so cool. <laughs> now, if you taste the first one, you're going to see that, that astringent you can come back and speak. See how harsh it is now? Completely different than it was a second. You know, you're right. Yeah. Because the first taste I took of this uh, buttery shard, now I loved, and Ella's making me not like it. <laughs> Damn you, Ella! See, I like it a lot. I, I I feel like the butter and the astringency all melt into the music, even the alcohol. And what you get is pineapples. Yeah, you really get the fruit that you couldn't taste a second ago with the Beach Boys. It's all too insane, Harry. Well, you know what? <laughs> but I love it. I think the most important part about this is that you know this is universal. You know, I didn't have to test you guys to find out whether this is going to work for you. And I've done this thousands of times. This is, this is a way in which our, our sense of harmony and dissonance is strongly shared. Fascinating stuff. Dan? We, are, we tend to be sort of primitive creatures, ultimately. I mean, we came from a priv, privative, <laughs> primitive backgrounds. And in a lot of ways, we retain some of those components. And I think what Clark is tapping into is sort of a, 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 a gut reaction, a kind of a visceral reaction to, yes, to wine. Which is marvelous to me. Just like music. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you realize that, that we spend more money on music than pharmaceuticals globally? And well, we should. <laughs> well, why? Because it's, it's not nutritious. It's invisible. What is it? And and what it is is that it it it, it communes with our soul. 
and that's what wine does too i think more than any other beverage so we're just we're just tapping into the specific resonance of a particular wine and that's what the guide teaches you is to figure out what's going to work with what Again, tell everyone the website for the wine and music pairing. Very simple. Pairingwineandmusic.com. Okay. Check that out, folks. It is California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn with Dan Berger. Our guest today, Clark Smith of... uh, Winesmith Wines. Thank you. And I'm stuck on the page here because this is a practical guide to pairing wine and music. Forget about the food. This is wine and music. Again, for our five o'clockers who are just joining us, Clark, explain exactly how this came about and what it is. Well, this is, like I said, something that Don Blackburn came up with in 1992, and he taught me all about it, and uh, I'm just kind of his disciple. Uh, And it's basically about uh, just tapping into our innate sense of the emotional modalities that wines carry just like pieces of music you know just like you have happy music and sad music and sexy music and uh, angry music uh, wines are like that too and so we just match them up and uh, we can we can enhance the quality of a wine uh, and the whole experience of that evening by putting together a playlist that will make the wine taste good and show you all of its facets i just love this and by the way earlier i uh, i was off the situation here, because uh, I mentioned we played the Ella Fitzgerald for the second That's Chardonnay, right. and yeah, yeah. actually, and I said I didn't like it, and actually I did. But I was confused on which wine I was tasting, but the Ella Fitzgerald with that second Chardonnay. It's a great match. It was a great match. Yeah. So, Clark, how do you make these matches? How do you, I mean, do just you by experiment. Okay. I mean, you start off by going, well, you know, what do I think here? Uh, you know, for example, my, my Faux Chablis is a weird kind of Chardonnay that's like a Chablis. It's very minerally. And and you go, well, what's that going to work with? And, and I tried modern jazz, and that was a good uh, that was a good match, and then I tried Mozart, and that was pretty good, and then I tried some other things that were terrible, and you just, what you do is you get on iTunes, and you look at 30 seconds, it really only takes a few seconds to go, well, that's going to work, or that's not going to work, and you just work your way through. The guide kind of explains how to do this, but in 20 minutes, you and your guests can put together a, a playlist for anyone. Pairing Wine and Music. Dot com. You got to check this out now. It's this a great stocking stuffer. You know, there's yeah. there is no more interesting thing you can put in somebody's Christmas stocking for nine ninety nine than this guy, especially the <laughs> the kids. Well, hey, hey Jimmy, check this out. Maybe look at your kids. stocking. <laughs> and when Steve says kids, he means, of course, your kids who are twenty one years and older, or Europeans. Okay. <laughs> So what's the piece of music goes? Just what? You just ourselves. feel like you've got to cover my yeah, exactly. ass on everything, right? <laughs> um, okay, this is a rosé? Well, here's what we're going to do. I've got four wines here. The first one is Sutter Home White Zinfandel, which is okay. It's just, you know. One of the most of, popular wines in the country. Right. Ten million cases, and it's soda pop, you know. A little too sweet, but what, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, Boy, that is sweet. But people like it. Yeah. All right. And and what I'm what I've done is I've arranged them in order of, of tannin. 
So the second wine, it, it, we just discovered this. is a, It's a, a Pinot Noir from, from uh, the deep end of Mendocino County, uh, Maggie Hawk, uh, uh, 2018. And it's a hell of a nice Pinot. Yeah, it's so, gorgeous. Well, wait a minute. What happened to the rosé? We're gonna, we're, we're, we're good. He's going to be just identifying just, which four. Yeah, I'm just do. describing the four wines. Okay. okay. And... Uh, and, and I want to know whether you guys agree with me that I'm going in increasing order of tannin. Okay, so this is a Pinot Noir. doesn't have a whole lot of tannin. You know, we should have had a whole rehearsal and a sound check, uh, <laughs> a sound check for this, this segment today. But I think we're, we're uh, okay. Okay, well, keep we'll going. Well, we'll muddle through. The next wine is kind of medium body. This is my 2016 Cabernet Franc that I just got into the bottle barn, and they've got a heck of a deal on it. Uh, this is what I'm known for. Uh, I think I make just about the best Cabernet Franc in the in the state. Well, there you go. And it's got a lot of energy to it. It's grown on a volcanic soil at pretty high altitude. And uh, I'm going to leave it in very old wood for a good long while, 78 months, and that's the result. All right. Uh, now, there was one more. I, I don't want to run out of time. Okay. So we're going okay. back to this rosé and music. Well, what I'm going to do is play some wine that goes with the Cabernet, and I'm going to try to reverse the order of the astringency. See, we should have had a rehearsal and a sound check. Uh, (laughs) We also need a board with a map on it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Mike's all queued up here. Okay, Uh, this is the 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 Cabernet. This is a big old Cabernet from the same vineyard. It's a 2013, so it's been in barrel for uh, seven years. It's still pretty astringent. Yep. Yes, it is. Okay, so am I? Am I right? That's the most astringent one oh, yeah. on the yeah. table. No question. Yeah, I followed agree. by the Cabernet Franc, followed by the Pinot, followed by the Sutter Home. Right. Right. Okay. So now we're going to put on People Are Strange, and I'm going to resonate with that Cabernet, make it sweet, and make the Sutter Home the most astringent wine on the table. That's <laughs> a risk, and you know I can do it. <laughs> Okay, you may fire when you are ready. He is firing. Pull the mics down, Finn. Oh, never mind. I drink the wine. <laughs> I did. Oh. I'm telling you, this would have taken a week's worth of rehearsals and sound checks. You see how much sweeter that cab is? No. All right, no, I, you know I do. Because when I first tasted the, that cab, but the cab I didn't like it. It's more harsh, right? But I like oh, it yeah. better now with the doors. Now, Pino really hates this dark, angry music. And it gets very astringent. It's bitter. Yeah. <laughs> but get a load of the set of home. You now, are we going backwards sweet. here? We I are going, we're going, going backwards. Yeah. Jesus. Now let's go back to the... You said the Sutter Home was too sweet. Yeah. What do you think now? <laughs> bizarre. This <laughs> is a bizarre experience is what it is. <laughs> okay, now let's go right to Pinot music. Okay, can you, can you see the green sleeves in there? Or if you want, you can do the love theme from Superman. That's a good one. Pinot likes romantic music. Well, that makes sense. I sure. have no idea which is the Pinot. Here. It's the second, second class. That's great. Now, just do that in the cab. 
The, the one on the right. And what are we listening to? The green sleeves. Oh, green sleeves. It's a hammer dulcimer version of green sleeves. And we're drinking what? Drink the Pinot, Pinot and then go back to the Cabernet. Cabernet is pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. Cabernets <laughs> do not like romantic music. <laughs> it's really harsh, right? True. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, now what are we going to do with this Cab Franc? So go over to the Cab Franc playlist, Mike, and pull up Bruce. This Bruce. is one of the weirdest things we've it ever really done is. on this. <laughs> 14 years on this show. <laughs> okay. A little more volume here. Now, I like to do this with my Cabernet Franc and Jungle Land in the dark with something on fire. <laughs> um, but this is the best wine and music match that I know. A lot of people don't understand Cabernet Franc, but with with, with, with the boss here, it definitely works. So, can you find your Cab Franc? Clothes? No, I don't know what's <laughs> I, what. I, I think it's... You need to label these things when you come in. This one. That's the one, yeah. Okay, all right. Got a little bit more flavor. I like this, but let's hear it with Brink- See how Springsteen. It smooths it out, yeah, and then you get all this depth. You do remember a minute ago, I tasted terrible. <laughs> I guess that helps. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can turn up your volume. Uh, there's a volume switch over there. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is fine. But I will sit there with a big old real glass of this stuff in the dark with a fire going and uh, just drink that whole thing. I, I just love this combination. <laughs> he drank the whole thing and then he came up with uh, a practical guide to pairing uh, wine and music, apparently. <laughs> okay. Well, we, you know, this is, <laughs> this is tough on the radio and I hate to uh, lose our last listener. <laughs> So, can, Dan, can Dan talk about the wines that yes. we, we tasted? Yeah, there you go. Let's segue there. We, we, well, and, and it's just this doesn't work on the radio in, in this situation. We're not prepared enough. <laughs> but Clark, we love you, and this is a cool idea. And Thank again, you. it's a, a practical guide to pairing wine and music. You need to check it out, Dan. Well, if nothing else, your visceral response is going to change based on the music that's in the room. And I'll never forget uh, a situation I was in in a restaurant some years ago where the restaurant kitchen closed at 10 and the music that had been on the intercom system in the restaurant had been nice and subtle and beautiful and so forth and at 10 o'clock the lights went up and the kitchen crew turned all the music to salsa (laughs) and our food started tasting very weird and we got out of there really fast yeah yeah, that's right hey hey, hey, mike can can you find ruben romero there that uh, romanza thing Dan, while he's looking, can you talk that's, about the, the That's two what we call an ones? anthem. You know, <clears throat> what you want, if you're running a restaurant or a tasting room, you need some stuff that's going to make everything taste good. And that means you have to kind of figure out what's going on in the winemaker's head. And uh, so this Romanza, it, it, it's in the cab playlist. It's the first thing. Um, and uh, this is what we call a winesmith anthem, and it's going to make all the reds taste good. Really, Dan, the Reds, the Reds, <clears throat> the uh, well. First of all, the the Sutter Home White Zinfandel is a typical example of Sutter Home White Zinfandel. It's slightly sweet, if not a little bit sweeter than that. 
Um, it's got some nice uh, fruit components up front, um, and it's a little uh, simplistic in the aftertaste, but it's tasty. Uh, number two, the uh, Maggie Hawk is a 2018 Pinot Noir from Anderson Valley. Uh, <clears throat> comes from the Deep End, uh, which is the northern uh, slip of the area up there. In, near the uh, Pacific? Yeah, near the Pacific. There's a little kind of a wind tunnel that comes in from the Pacific there. Um, this wine is really racy and rich, but it does not yet show the red cherry fruit uh, that that region typically has. Normally, that comes along very, very quickly, but in this case, the wine is sort of backward. It's going to need another year or two before it develops that. The Cabernet Franc, uh, Clark's 2016 Cabernet Franc, this is a very mysterious wine because it smells like Cabernet Franc, which is not, when it's a young wine, it's not a good thing necessarily. But in this case, it, you take it on faith. This is going to be a better wine in three to four years. And it's clear because if you open the wine and put it in a decanter, it immediately starts to show its evolution. It's a, it's right. a very nice wine. The Cabernet Sauvignon, <clears throat> that's a tough wine. Well, that's a, that's a brute. But... Because it's already eight years old, it's already beginning to soften just a little bit. So there's a nice Cabernet flavor to it. There's a little bit of sage and a little bit of uh, tarragon in it. But uh, mm -hmm. the most important thing is it's got the acidity, so it will age. It'll hold up fine for another seven, seven to ten years. What are we listening to now? Well, this is Ruben Romero uh, Romanza, and it's it's one of the winesmith themes, and so it's kind of it's intended to be something that makes makes all the wines I make taste good. It's actually making my coffee taste better. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it, while I'm here, I want to plug the Redwood Cordsman a little bit. Okay, now the Redwood Cordsman, who we adore, uh, they've been on this show. Many times, at one point, there was like 30 of them in the studio or something like that, uh, singing and doing what they do. and uh, Barbershop Harmony. Clark is part of that. But, yes, well, well there's Barbershop Harmony, but then there's a, the whole group of people right. who can do anything. And you guys, uh, explain quickly the uh, genesis of the Redwood Chordsman, and then I'll mention... Uh, that you've been on, you guys have been on the show many times singing, and you'll be back with us on our Christmas show on uh, Thursday the twenty third. But explain the genesis, and then you guys kind well, of kicked back for a while, but you're you're rehearsing again and going to be here with yeah. us. Four part harmony, uh, you know, barbershop comes from the nineteenth century, and the uh, the national organization got started again in nineteen thirty eight. The Chordsman started up in 1965, so we're just on our 55th year here. Wow. And, uh, you know, we have a, we have a wonderful time uh, just creating ringing chords and thrilling harmony. It's really a drug. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, there's a social aspect to it, too. It's a real fraternity, and we love to serve the community. So uh, you took a break. Are, we are there. Yeah, well, everybody did. All yeah, COVID, COVID breaks. Broke. But we're back. And if you've got a any kind of occasion, a Christmas party, or you know, a birthday party, or 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 you you know, uh, maybe you just want a quartet to sing to your sweetie on Valentine's but Day. Did, we're but, there. But wait a minute, Clark. It's not just a quartet. You've had thir right. I've had thirty people of you in here. Oh yeah, we have a you. chorus. 
That's the the chorus is what yeah, I'm talking about. But the heart of barbershop is the quartet. <clears throat> I understand. Yeah. And we've had one of your quartets in, mm-hmm. but the chorus itself. That's what we're looking for on the 23rd on our Christmas We'll bring special. everybody we got. Okay, beautiful. Yep. And uh, if you if you want to uh, if you want to book something, you can just uh, email me at thrillingharmony at gmail dot com. Thrillingharmony at gmail dot com. I can't believe I got that. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, we will see the chorus on the 23rd for our Christmas special. Thank you, Steve. Here on KSRO. And you guys have done us great over the years, especially on our Christmas show, so we look forward to inviting you back. Now, Dan has brought in some wonderful cheese specifically for these red wines, Dan. Yeah, I just brought some <clears throat> English cheddar because uh, English cheddar goes great with uh, astringency. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, protein there. There's a little bit of oil, fat there. It's helpful. Should be good for the cab. Yeah, and, and the maturity of the cheese is uh, it's only six months old, so it's a young cheese, but it's really delicious. And I think the more t- times that we have an opportunity to drink to put some ch- fine cheese with red wine, the, w- the wines improve. So, Dan, how long would you lay this cheddar cheese down? So I would 16, uh, 17 years. <laughs> okay. <and laughs> just lose it in the cellar. <laughs> I need to go to the cheese cellar now. <laughs> Uh, here's a here's a piece of cheese from 1952. He'll bring it in. He'll bring it in. No, I don't I have to bring it in. It, it, wa- it walks store. here on its own. <laughs> uh, uh, oh God! It's California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest today, Mr. Clark Smith, who always has fascinating stuff going on, and you need to check out pairing wine and music. Dot com. Okay. What else you got there, Clark? We have a lot of wine in the studio right now. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. So no word look at me. <laughs> and it all tastes terrible. The music's off. <laughs> yeah. Now we can't we can't taste wine without the music That's anymore. It. I That's the whole thing. Well, I think I think the main thing here is it's not just music. Uh, the you know the environment in which you taste a wine really affects sure, the way it tastes. I have a great story about that. A friend of mine by the name of uh, Charles Mara, M A R A, a guy from Syracuse, New York, fabulous great, great co- guy. wine collector, and so. Forth. And I asked him what the worst wine he ever tasted was, and he said, "Oh, this is a 1961 Domaine de la Romanie Conti uh, a DRC." And I said, "The worst wine?" He said. Yeah, he says the bottle was in good shape, but I was drinking it with some people I hated. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. You can also go to winewithpeoplehuhate.com. <laughs> That's a hashtag. <laughs>